So you ready to get in the word this morning? I am so excited. We're starting a new series today. The Lord's been really talking to me a lot about Christians that they get in situations and they're confessing the word and they think that they're in faith and it doesn't work out and they can't figure it out. They can't figure it out why. And we're going to talk about that. Um, the Bible talks about this. And the title of this series is Genuine Faith. There is a genuine faith. And here's what I mean by that. We say there's a genuine faith, but there's also a counterfeit that a lot of people are walking in. So we need to learn about what the Bible says genuine faith is because the Bible says that for in order for a person to be born again, we are saved, how? By grace through faith. So we're talking about the real faith that caused you to get born again. The Bible says that we walk by faith, that we live by the faith of God, right? The Bible says that we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy with our faith as we walk in real faith. The Bible says that whoever's born of God overcomes the world system, and this is the victory, this is 1 John 5, that overcomes the world system, even our faith. So faith is a huge thing. You've never met anybody, or this has never happened to you, where you've got in faith and stayed in faith and did not receive the answer. That's impossible. Because genuine faith lays hold. And I believe a lot of answers are going to come in people's lives. It's like what God said to me about the building. He said, Tony, I mean, when he said that to me, it was like, seriously? I thought I was in faith. And he goes, you're not even in faith about this thing. And, it, and he just showed me. I'm like, wow, you're right. So let's talk about genuine faith. I could tell you this. It's a lot simpler than what a lot of people are making it. And a big key a big key is relationship. So are you guys ready? We're going to get into this a little bit. So turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. What an honor it is. I mean, do you realize your life? This thing that we call Christianity is real. Our God is alive. Right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He has all authority and he is watching over his word that is in your heart and coming out of your mouth. He's watching over it to perform it. How we please God is with faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. That's how come we need to walk by faith. Amen? So 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, this is Paul writing a letter speaking to his spiritual son Timothy, a young pastor. And he says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Now I know it looks like Eunice, but... If you look at the way it's pronounced, it's Eunice. In other words, Paul is saying, I'm calling to remembrance your unfeigned faith, which is in you, and what it was first in your grandmother Lois, and also it was first in your mother Lois, or Eunice. And it says, and I am persuaded that in thee also unfeigned this greek word unfeigned means genuine when i call to remembrance the genuine you could translate it the real faith right you could you could translate this greek word the true faith well if there's genuine then there's counterfeit if there's real then there's false 
right? Fake faith. Looks a lot like it, but it doesn't work like faith, right? And so many Christians, they're, they're not laying hold of what God's provided for them because they're not walking in real faith. They're believing God and hoping it works out. And then they're looking at their circumstances every day to see if it's working out. And they get happy if their circumstances tell them it's working out. And they don't get happy and they get confused. you know. And, and I'm telling you, if you ever, ever just go, man, I just, you know, I wonder if I have enough faith. Satan will answer that question. He'll always be like, nope, don't have enough. Not going to happen this time, right? The New Living Translation says this, I remember your gen genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois. I love the way that's written. Faith is to, you're to be full of faith. And your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. I love the way this is written. Listen, Timothy. I know the genuine faith that's in you. It was first in your grandmother and in your mom. In other words, it is very important who you hang around. Very important. You need to hang around with people that are walking in genuine faith. Here's another thing for you parents and you grandparents. The greatest thing that you could give your children is not a college education. It is not money to buy a house. It's not money to get started in business. The greatest thing that you can give your children is a heritage of knowing God. Amen. To where your children and your grandchildren learn how to believe God and walk with God because they've seen you do it. Amen. That's the greatest thing because what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul? Right? So this is why this is so important. They should learn about God through your life. Isn't that awesome? So, so very important. So now I want you to go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 in verse 5, and let's talk about this unfeigned, this genuine faith. You know, that word unfeigned in Timothy... It literally means unhypocritical. It could be translated that. What is a hypocrite? Now, we all know what one is because we've all done that, right? It's where we've acted or said something outwardly that really we're not inwardly, right? But that's fake faith. Genuine faith, it's genuine. It's the real deal. It's the faith that God used to create everything. He gave you a measure of his faith. Genuine faith only comes one way, and that is from hearing the word of God. And we've got to really talk about that because it really we, we need to get clarity about these scriptures. So let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Big scripture. It says, now look at this. If you want to know if you're in genuine faith, this is what you don't do. You don't walk around your church because you're spiritually mature and you've got the gift of discernment. And I'm discerning. Hmm. Wow. Genuine faith. Uh, ah. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that, right? Right? Sorry, Brett. You know I love you, brother. Oh, oh no, I, no. Genuine faith. There we go. But, but literally, it says here, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. So in other words, we don't walk around church examining anybody else. We're Christians. We don't work out anybody else's salvation. We work out our own. I mean, realistically, aren't you up to here with you? You don't have time to be doing anybody else, right? I'm your pastor. I love you. It burns in my heart. I pray for you all the time. I, I mean, literally, I live in a world where I'm just, I want Christ to be formed in everybody. 
but I take no thought trying to work out your salvation. Because I've got to keep myself in the right place. Does that make sense? So it says, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Isn't that interesting? Examine and prove your own selves. So this is to be an ongoing part of your life. Know ye, know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates? That Now, this pains me a little bit to say this, but the NIV version says, this, says it really well, really brings out the Greek in the first half of this verse. It says, examine yourself and see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. In other words, you have the ability to examine and test yourself to know if you're in faith or not. Isn't that good news? I mean, that's real good news. The New Living Translation, it says this, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. I love that translation. In other words, am I really believing God? Am I really? You need to know. Because you don't lay hold of the unseen blessings of God with anything else but real faith. Right? you got to ask yourself the question, am I really believing God? Am I really in faith? Why do we ask ourselves that question? Because God and his word can never fail. It never fails. Do you realize you're not only eternally secure, but you could walk secure in this world, completely secure, that everything the enemy has done in your life to steal, kill, and destroy, he's got to bring back. If you're sick, right, Healing is yours. If you're in lack, abundance is yours. If you're in emotional distress, terror, anger, depression, if you're crippled, you need to know that God has provided all for you in this life right now, and then he gave you a measure of his faith, and he told you how you develop this is meditating in my word, growing in my word, because faith comes by hearing my word, and it's all in relationship with him. Just because you call something faith doesn't mean it's faith. Now, I can't talk about the Episcopal Church down the road. I can't talk about the Egyptian Orthodox Church to the south of us. But I could talk about us, quote, so-called, right, word people. We walk around, well, you know, I'm just believing God. Okay. Right? You could believe God that I'm going to come over to your house and change your daughter or your son's diaper. But what would that be based on? Well, I'm just, I'm just believing God, Pastor. I remember Brother Hagen, a story he told. He had a truck, and one, a Ramus student came and told him, you know what, I'm believing God for your truck. <laughs> Brother Hagen's like, whatever. <laughs> right? Because it, it's based on what? If you're believing God for something and you don't know what you're believing God, what, you, what it's based on, you, that's not real faith. Yeah. Right? If you're believing God for healing... Isn't it good to know that God said, I sent my word and healed you. I redeemed you from the curse of sickness and disease and pain and weakness and all crippling and debilitating things. I've redeemed you from that, right? Isn't it good to know that his benefits are he forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases? Well, now I know what he said. But the question is, do I know him enough to believe what he said? And this is where people in our streams go south. Because it's like this cold, dead faith. It's mechanical. God, you said, so I just, I'm just going to lay hold of it with my faith. 
But in reality, behind that facade is I don't really trust God because I don't know him. Right? I mean, why do I trust my lovely wife so much? I trust her. Because we spend a lot of time together, right? I know her. We spend time. We have relationship. I know if she says something, she will do it. But would you trust somebody with your life that you didn't know? Right? Well, you know, they have a fish on their business card. You're a fool. You don't know them. Don't trust them. Right? Trust has to be earned. And I'm telling you, everything about God, as you spend time with him, man, you'll get to know that he'll do what he said. And that's where real faith comes from. We always must pause and ask ourselves, am I in faith? I do that all day, every day. Because, you know, when you're, when you're believing God for something, sometimes things are not working out, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just pause and go, now, wait a minute. What, is, what does God say about this? And I'll be like, no. You know, God says, it is written, it is written, it is written. Yep, that's mine. And I, I'm, I'm always testing myself. I'm always examining myself. Am I, am I feeling good about what I'm believing for because my body's feeling a little better? Or I went to the doctor and that report got better. Be careful with that because what happens when the report goes a different way? Right? See, we believe God until, and we're not moved, we're at peace. Because we already know the end result because God, who I know and who I live with every moment of every day, he said it. And I know he's performing it in my life. So let's go over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Chapter 10 of Romans is all about true and genuine faith, and it's all about how this true and genuine faith comes. Faith comes. I'm telling you, there's nothing like experiencing when faith comes. It just comes like a rushing mighty wind and it brings an assurance to your heart that eclipses everything that you see in the natural. Hallelujah. So it says here, I love this passage of scripture. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So in other words, whoever calls will be saved. But now it's going to kind of explain the background of this. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? In other words, you can't call on someone that you don't believe. Okay? And it says, and how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? So in other words, I have to hear something in order to believe it so that I can act on it or call. Does that make sense? So it's going backwards. It's going right down to the root of everything. And how shall they hear, I love this part, without a preacher? Notice... It doesn't even say, and how shall they hear without the Bible? It says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Hmm. Verse 15. Now here's the kicker on preachers. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Right? You've heard the saying, there's many that just went. Preachers that just went. Well, no, you don't want that because you really can't preach unless you're sent. This is why the importance, like for me, you know what? I'm just your brother, Tony. However, Jesus literally placed the office of the pastor in me and he placed me in the body 
He sent me into the body, specifically into this church. He sent me so that I can preach. There is an anointing. There's an anointing on it. Why? Because of me? No, it's because of the gift, the office that I stand in. You'll just get stuff. Right? We all do. So, so I'm sent so that I can preach, so that you can hear and believe, so that you can go act on it. Okay? So this is really important. How, they, how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, and now he's going to quote Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Right? Now, I don't preach barefooted. That's how come I wear nice shoes and I polish them because I, I got to have beautiful feet. Right? So why am I saying this? Have you noticed the attack on preachers? Right? Pe preachers that fall morally or fall in different ways and it brings a reproach on the body of Christ. Satan loves it because he loves separating people from the ministry gifts that are designed to help them. It's really interesting that it says, how can they hear without a preacher? It doesn't even say, how can they hear without a Bible? Is it important to read your Bible? Absolutely important to read your Bible. But faith doesn't come by reading your Bible. Faith comes by hearing. Okay? There are different levels of anointing on human beings to speak God's word. There's different levels of anointing. I remember sitting in meetings with Brother Hagen, and he would just read the Bible. And he'd read passages of Scripture that I've read hundreds of times. And it was like I was reading it, it was like I was hearing it in a depth and in a clarity that I'd never heard before. Same thing with our pastor in California. He would quote a scripture, and I'd just be like, I could quote that scripture. I could quote that scripture backwards, but I've never been impacted by it. But why was that? Because there's different levels of anointing on human beings to speak God's word, right? So this is huge. And now we come down to verse 17. It says this. You guys doing okay this morning? You, you look kind of hungry. It's good. You look really hungry, actually. It says, so then faith, verse 17, cometh by hearing. And cometh is in italics, so it was added to bring clarity to the text, which it does. So then faith cometh by hearing. By. It's the Greek word ek. Faith cometh by hearing. It literally means faith cometh out of the source or out of the origin. It comes by. The origin of faith is coming a certain way. It comes by hearing. Now here is the big word. It's the Greek word A-K-O-E. Akoe. That's the Greek word for hearing. It's a feminine noun which means the thing heard. It means the sense of hearing. In other words, hearing means you're allowing God's word to speak to your heart. Many will sit in church, but they don't allow God's word to speak to their heart. Because they will literally go, no, I'm not doing that. Pastor, don't you talk to me about money? Don't you talk to me about forgiveness? Don't you talk to me about commitment? Or any those scriptures, I'm out. I don't do that. Talk to me about how I'm blessed. Right? Well, that, that's not hearing. Hearing is much more than listening to. Hearing has to do with what is said. Right? It's what is said has more to do with what is said than what's just simply heard. See, right now you're hearing. You're listening to me talk. But whether or not you're hearing what, is actually, what God is saying, that's going to be up to do you have ears to hear. This is why the parable of the sower is the key to all parables. Because 
you, you have to have ears to hear. And, and really, ears to hear means that I reverence, and uh, it's a whole other study, but I reverence and honor and respect God above everything else in my life. And so when I'm hearing it, there is no option for me to decide whether or not I'm going to do it. No, no, I've already decided. I'm all in on this thing, right? That's when you hear. And hearing, so then faith comes by hearing, and then it says, and hearing by, it uses the word by again, but this is a different Greek word. This is the Greek word dia. It means through or on account of, or you could write because of. And hearing through the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It, the word of God, this Greek word God is theos. The word of God. Theos. Who is God? God the Father, right? Jesus the Christ and the mighty Holy Spirit. Theos. So as you really break it down, this is why literally the New American Standard Bible will say the words of Christ. If you break this down, this word theos, the words of Christ, or I'm sorry, the word of Christ. So literally, if you look at these Greek words, you could say this, so then faith comes out of or originates from hearing. And hearing through the spoken word of the anointed one. Or you could say, and hearing through the utterance of the anointed one. The anointed utterance of the, of the anointed one. Hearing comes through or because of the spoken utterance of the anointed one. The spoken utterance. Okay? Faith does not come by memorizing scripture. Faith comes by hearing the anointed utterance. Right? God calls and anoints men and women to proclaim his word with an anointing. Right? See, here's the reality of God's word. There's more in God's word than you could ever see in a hundred lifetimes. There's more in here. Right? But what God does is he will quicken his word, parts of his word to us every day of our life. It's exactly what we need. Will we learn more when we get to heaven? Absolutely. But everything you'll need here, he will quicken it to you. This is huge. God uses gifts he has given to the body of Christ as well as speaking to us directly to our own hearts. And we need all of these. We have to have all of these. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says this, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. In other words, God gifted specific individuals with these specific gifts and then gave them as gifts to the church. They're all necessary to equip us. Verse 12 says, why, why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints. This Greek word perfecting means for the complete furnishing, for the complete and fully preparing, to make fully ready. In other words, it denotes the act of making perfect. God will use these ministry gifts to literally fully prepare you to go out and walk out your race. This is, this is so important. 
And it's interesting with this Greek word perfecting, it denotes a process as, it, as completed. In other words, when God placed a ministry gift in your life to equip you, he counts it as done. It's just done. So if you look at me, you could sit here and go, wow, I know I'm going to do everything that God's called me to do because I'm, I'm, I'm literally, God gave me Tony. Now I apologize for all the other package that comes with that. But man, within that is some cool stuff. Not from me, but from him. It's really cool. I mean, an evangelist. It's amazing. I went to a Billy Graham crusade. It's amazing, the anointing. That man could say the simplest message and 50,000 people get saved. Right? A man who walks in the office of a prophet. I still read prophecies from men of God and women of God that have prophesied a, a lot of years, decades and decades ago, and it still causes me to shake because of the power that's still in that word that was spoken through them. It's, ama it's amazing. Teachers that can just, just make the word so simple, right? Apostles that go out and start a thousand churches. I, that, that's just amazing to me. But how it gets muddied is when you've got, you got people walking around going, hey, I'm, a possible, I'm Apostle Tony. You know, I've got a Bible study with three people. I've got a church. Meets, you know, it's got three people in it. It's been going for the last 25 years. I come and beat on them every week. And, but I'm an apostle of Omaha. No, you're not. There's no, there's no real fruit there. Well, darn it. Let me go try. I got to try to start other things so I could be called an apostle. Knock yourself out. You either are or you're not. If you don't understand that, you either are or you ain't. Right? And it's okay. Because who you are is amazing. Hallelujah. It says, for the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. Why are you here? To do the work of the ministry. That is why you're here. So if you look at your life and there's no work of the ministry you're probably not being perfected, right? And, and, and we, we need to get this right, and it'll affect your faith. Because you'll be sitting there going, you, Pastor, you know what? Yep, I'll call you Pastor Tony as long as you say what I say, what I want you to say, but you ever say something I don't want, I'm out. I'll go down the street to somebody else, right? And that's okay as far as I'm concerned. Because I'm just called to just believe in you and love you. So I'll believe in you and love you when you're here. I'll believe in you and love you when you leave. And if you come back, I'll tell you, come back and act like you never left. And just I'll believe in you and love you. That's very simple. I can't do anything else because I have to walk as God has called me to walk. And it's easier for me than most. You know, there's a lot of really good pastors in this city. I meet them and I'm just sitting there listening to this guy and going, Wow. You like just like grew up and never stole a piece of gum and man, you were just so perfect and you're such a great guy. And, and you just, then you went to Bible school and seminary and here you are, you just love the Lord. And I'm over here going, I just get up in the morning and go, God, I'm just glad you never gave up on me. I am so glad that you finally got through to me that I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. And I'm like, wow! So all that mess, it doesn't affect me. We need everything, right? It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. What are we talking about? Genuine faith. Because faith comes by hearing. Right? It says here, for the work of the ministry... For the edifying. And this word edifying means for the building up as a process of the body of Christ. 
God wants you to be fully prepared and equipped so that you can go out and perform the ministry so that the process of the church being built up will happen. And that's huge. That's huge. It says here, verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. That means a complete mature it means a man that adjusts and repairs it doesn't mean flawless unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ see let me just give you a picture into my office i am a pastor i am an under shepherd jesus is the great shepherd as a shepherd i don't have sheep you are not my sheep, right? I tend the sheep that God brings and then the sheep will reproduce. Amen. So in other words, I am your brother, Tony, who is your pastor. And it doesn't minimize it because how I walk that out is I walk that out in relationship. Right? We're laying hold of things together. But it doesn't minimize the fact that I'm telling you, you can sit in here and get business ideas. You'll get ideas for new technology. God will speak to your heart about what you're to do. When you hear me talk about some scripture that on the surface means nothing, but what's happening is the utterance of the anointed one is talking to you while you're hearing and listening to what I'm saying. This is why it's very important for me to only preach and do what God wants, right? So these gifts are given to the church to equip people to go do the ministry, and the result is the body of Christ will be built up. Keep going, verse 14 of, of Ephesians 4, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, this word, this phrase, to and fro in the Greek means to surge, to fluctuate. I love it because this Greek word is describing a wave. Children are tossed about like they're in a wave. And if you've ever been in the ocean, man, I'm telling you, if, it's, if it gets above your waist and it's rough, it will move you where you don't want to go. You get caught in a riptide, and all of a sudden, you are swimming towards shore, but you're going backwards. You, a, a child will be tossed to and fro. They'll hear one thing on the internet, and they believe that, and then they'll go to this meeting and hear this and believe that, and then they'll run over here and believe that, and, and, and they're just, it just brings more and more confusion. But when you're mature, when you're mature, you're not tossed to and fro. So you can go and listen to different things as the Lord is leading you and different wonderful men and women of God on the, on the internet preaching and you can go to meetings and you glean nuggets and, and you just lead, you, you eat the hay but you leave the sticks. It says here that we, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men it's real interesting this word slight in the greek it literally means a cube it means like a, a dice that's used in gambling see in other words you go to these meetings and you're promised things that never happen right i've got a word from you god told me Phenice, that you are going to build a you know you're going to have a worldwide ministry in this situation and, and then, then you come back and go, well, you know what? I'm going to lay down everything else and I'm going to move away and I'm going to go do this. And it never works out. Why? Because God never spoke it to you. Now, if you get a word from a prophet and, it and, it, and when you hear it, it's, it's going off. It's exactly what God has been, whether you sense it or not, you're just going, oh my gosh, that's what God, that's what I've been feeling on the inside. And you just verbalized it for me. Well, then that's great right that's the real deal this is huge people are promised things they never get that's kind of that slight of men 
and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, God wants you to grow and mature. One thing that must take place to, go, to grow from being a child into being a mature son is spiritual discernment. You have to be able to discern good from evil. And this comes only one way. It comes from being grounded in the word of God. One way. Right? So now let's look at this. Verse 15. This is what a mature believer does. But speaking the truth in love. A mature Christian never beats somebody up with the word of God. They speak the word of God, but they speak it in the love of God. That, that's, that's how you could tell us a spiritually mature person. May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So this is how we mature. We speak the word and we walk in love. We speak the word, we walk in love. And this is how we grow. And when we grow, we begin to see everything from God's perspective. You no longer see people where they really where they seem. You see them as they really are from God's perspective. And how do you do that? You speak the word and you walk in love. That is our option. So now let's jump back to Romans. Don't forget about Romans 10. We're not done there. That was kind of a commercial break. All right, just so you could just be like, okay, I love my pastor. Let's jump back into Romans. Romans chapter 10, verse 18. See, we, gotta, we always stop at verse 17, but now we're going to get into some really important stuff. Verse 18, it says this, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the end of the world. But, verse 19, but I say, did not Israel know, or you could say it this way, did they not know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. What do we do with verse 18 and 19? We, like I just read that to you. I would freak you out right now if I had a microphone and said, okay, can you tell me what that just meant? Because that's part of the Bible that we just kind of don't really understand what it's saying, so let's just move on. I already got this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Got what I need. This is irrelevant. But let's look at this for a second. We see two questions. Have they not heard? Did they not know? Have they not heard, and did they not know? Faith, genuine faith, is the result of hearing God's word. The result of them hearing was that they should know. Have they not heard, did they not know? In other words, God expects when you hear that you know. Does that make sense? That's why this is so important. What, what do you get out of this? You need to know when you hear, you're to know. Right? When you hear, you should know. So now, here's where we kind of go awry. So God is pretty much saying to them, the result of hearing is that you should know. But now we need to really back up and define no. Because in 2021, the word no to us, the modern definition of no, is a mental and an analytical thing. Well, I know this. But that, not, that is not the Bible definition of no. As an example, the Bible says, and Adam knew his wife Eve. In other words, Bible know is you experience. And this is where everybody, this is the difference between fake faith and real faith. 
you could, if you really look at Bible, no, you could say, have they not, have they not heard and did they not experience? God, see, so many, they can quote some scriptures and they quote them, but it's a cold thing and it's a peripheral thing. I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do my own thing. But you know what? I just believe I receive my healing, but they don't really believe it. So there's not really faith because they've never experienced God. God wants you. What is, what is John 17, 3? And this is life eternal that you would know, experience the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. That you know him. See, faith, real faith comes as a result of you having this living, vibrant, healthy, intimate experience with God in relationship with him every day so that when he says, Pastor Mark, listen, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And all of a sudden, faith is there and Mark knows, I can do this. It's a difference than just, yeah, the Bible says. That's how come faith, it doesn't say faith comes by reading your Bible. It doesn't say faith comes by memorizing verses. It says faith comes by hearing. Not to minimize the other, because that's all part of it, but you got to go deeper. It's relationship. Bible definition of no is to experience. When you read your Bible, look at those Greek words, and when you see no, think of, I'm experiencing him. To know God is just not to know about him. It means to experience him. And I'm here to tell you, he wants you to experience him. Because he loves you. He'll meet you right where you are. He'll take you into his arms and he'll say, listen, learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. You can trust me. You may never have trusted anybody else, but you can trust me. Your future is secure. You can walk free from this thing that you seem like you're so bound with right now. You trust who you know. You shouldn't even trust people you don't know. Why is that? Because people can fail you and people can miss it. Even if they don't mean to, they can. See, this is why we love people, but it doesn't mean we trust them. Does that make sense? Yes. But we do love them. Because we're talking about, well, no, no, wait a minute, no, no, this person hurt me, I don't trust them. Okay, great. Don't. But love them. Amen. Right? You can trust someone you know because you've spent time with them. Mark and I, we've known each other for a long time. Right? We, we've walked through a lot together. We know each other. Those who know God can trust him easier and trust him farther. And so today, the road to genuine faith is experiencing him and getting to know him. This is the little adjustment. That's why Christianity is not a religion it's all about relationship. And today, God is not mad at you. Amen. And God knows everything about you. Amen. God loves you. And he's, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. Invite me in. Invite me into your addiction. Invite me into your past failures. Invite me into your life. Right? And boy, I'll tell you, you'll get to know me and you'll begin to trust me. And all of a sudden you will hear the anointed utterance that comes out of my word. 
and faith will be birthed and you'll be able to lay hold of the blessings I've provided for you. These are those who have heard him more and have seen him more. How, how do you trust God easier and further? It's because you've heard him more and you've seen him more. Why, why am I able to walk at a level of faith? It's not because of me. It's not because we need to get this my faith thing out of our... It's his faith. It's because everything that is good about me is because I've been with him, I've seen him, and I've heard him. That's everything. Right? We are seeing people who are trying to have a cold, literally a cold faith, a cold dead letter faith. I'm going to quote three scriptures and it better happen tomorrow or else. But behind that facade is, I'm sure, hoping this will happen. But they don't know him. See, I'll be real honest with you. It is not a problem of faith. It's a problem of not knowing him intimately. So then faith, like right now, I can't even tell you the depth of love that I'm feeling on the inside of me. How his heart, how he, he wants people to know him. Because the people that know him, they're strong. And they'll do things beyond their ability because they're not doing it alone. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. In other words, faith comes by hearing the utterance of the anointed one, Jesus. The result of hearing those words causes us to know something about him. Our faith is not in a book, right? We know and experience the God who authored the book. This is so, so huge. Through hearing words from him, we get to know his person, his integrity, his character, his power. We get to know his faithfulness. Yeah, but I haven't been faithful. Who cares? He's got enough faithfulness for all of us. He's faithful. My faith in him is a result of what I know of him. I cannot stress this enough. What I have heard of him, what I've seen of him, that's where my faith comes from. It's all personal. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 as we're just kind of closing down now. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. I love what Paul said. 2 Timothy 1.12 For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom, not what, I have believed. I know whom I have believed. I know him. Whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep me, right? He's able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. I love the living Bible paraphrase because it really brings out the Greek language. I'll read this to you, that verse. It says, that is why I'm suffering here in jail, and I'm certainly not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to safely guard all that I have given him until the day of his return. I know that. You know, the world is, is, there's a lot going on. Fear is unprecedented, but it shouldn't be that way in the church. The gates of hell will never prevail against the church. God's path for you is one of increase. He's your protector. He's your provider. He makes a way where there is no way. So we're not moved by the world system. 
we actually know who we are and we move the world system. Hallelujah. Boy, I'd like to go into more of this. Hmm. Let me say this. In Hebrews 11, 11, let me just kind of finish and I'll talk about Sarah, Abraham's wife. In Hebrews 11, 11, it says, through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because, why did this happen to her? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. So Sarah, Abraham's wife, who was this beautiful lady when she was young, could never have kids. Now we know Abraham had other children after Isaac, after Sarah died, so the problem was not Abraham, Sarah was barren. Now she's an old lady, past the cycle of life, but it says she was able to conceive a seed because she judged him faithful who had promised. The New Living Translation says this, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. That's faith. She was fully persuaded. Sarah's faith was exhibited in the fact that she judged God faithful. She knew him. Think about that. She could not conceive as a young woman. A miracle happened in her body. What was wrong was made right. What was old was made young and new. Because she judged him faithful. I wonder if judging God faithful would restore kidneys or hearts or liver. I wonder if judging God faithful would eradicate cancer cells in a body and stop it. I wonder if judging God faithful would stop a coronavirus in its tracks. Would restore lungs. Would make all things new. Do you see the relationship there? Psalm 103, verse 1. Boy, there's an anointing here. I can hardly preach. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquities. Who heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Look at this, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Why? Look at this, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. What's old is made young. What's damaged is made whole. Isaiah 40, 31, let me just read this to you. But they that wait, stay in a place of expectancy upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. New strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Let's draw it into the New Testament. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Check this one out. But if the Spirit of Him... Wow! that raised up Jesus from the dead, dwell in you. How many of you are born again? The Spirit of Almighty God dwells in you. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Well, quicken, that means to heal to restore to health, to make whole. Wow. Sarah heard a word from the Lord that changed her body and changed her life and fulfilled the desires of her heart. And that's exactly 
what his word will do for you. Guys, faith is not complicated. Faith is being fully persuaded that what God said he will do. But in order to walk in that, you got to know him. You have to know him. As you come to know God, faith just comes. You don't have to work it up. Hallelujah.